and welcome to the Indie Film Review with me, Dan. And, of course, Jared is here, as he always is. Jared, how are hey, you doing? what's up? I'm doing good, man. You know? Just living the dream. Good. I'm, <laughs> I'm living something. I don't know if it's would a you, dream. Would you think I was going to be like a silly pirate or something? Maybe. Or like, I don't know. Like some kind of character that was going to be like... But then you zany. call in the question of dreams. Like, who lives their dreams, really? Mm. Like, the dreams mm-hmm. that we achieve, are they really dreams? Because I like to dream or I don't like to dream. They just fucking happen to me. And they're normally about crabs and dying. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a horse or two. Hey, here's the horses talk. Dreams. That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Anyway, um, we are the Indie Film Review, and we like to review independent films, as our name would imply. And today we reviewed two films, a short film and a long film, as we like to say. The short film is called Sleuth from Sleuth. 2020, and the long film is called My Autopsy from 2020 as well. These are featured on a very special review or special um, episode of the Indie Film Review. We have two female filmmakers in the house. So we watched two films. Uh, we're going to start with Sleuth. So you can find Sleuth on, uh, what, YouTube? Uh, no, I think it's still in the festival circuit right now. We got a, a Vimeo screener for it. Because so. we're special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, <laughs> but I don't think it's out. Exactly yet, but the other uh, long film, My Autopsy, is on Amazon Prime if you want to go see it. Yes, please support these filmmakers, support any independent filmmaker anytime you get the chance. That's right. Um, And by proxy, supporting us. Ah, see what I did there? Eh? Well, I mean, I could care less about me, but maybe Jared. (laughs) No, I care about you, bud. I care about everybody. I just... um, I care too much, and I have no love left mm. over for myself. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You're like a Care Bear. Oh, my God. I haven't thought of them in a, a long bear. time. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking of Care Bears. I'm thinking of the Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears. They're just tasty. They're just tasty No, the, the old Disney cartoon. Well, yeah, I remember. Where they drink the juice and they bounce around everywhere. They drink the juice and they bounce around everywhere? Okay. Disney was different in the 80s, everyone. I think you're confusing some stuff you did in college with a kid's TV show. You fucking psychopath. Anyways, let's talk about Sleuth. Uh, This was sent to us by Sally Burke. Thank you so much, Sally, for sending this to us. It was uh, an Imagine All production. Imagine All. uh, Yeah, like I said, this is going through the festival circuit. Um, Pretty cool film. Dan, do you want to tell us about what Schluth is? Certainly, certainly. So you got three little kids, and they're all talking as little kids would talk. <laughs> and they think one of well, one of them is the main child. And the main child thinks that his mother is a Russian spy. That's right. Because she something happens to her that I won't disclose until spoilers. <laughs> Main child, come here. Are you suspecting something nefarious? <laughs> yes, mother. I do. Auxiliary child, do you agree with Main child? <laughs> I think everything's pretty normal. <laughs> Nothing is afoot here. Auxiliary child must be in on it. Uh, yeah, auxiliary child kind of looks like a uh, forty-five-year-old grown man in a. <laughs> he looks like Vinnie Jones. Small, 
Yeah. A small red school kids uniform. Oh my gosh. Hey, hey guys, the, the Sleuth is actually uh, Guy Ritchie's new movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Golden Brown starts playing as someone gets knocked out. The, the kids in their little uniforms was adorable, I'll yes. say. So, okay, we're probably going to spoil this a little bit. Um, why don't we give our initial impressions... And uh, and then we'll probably have to get into spoilers because it is a short film. It's a Dan, cute little uh, film. I mean, yeah, it, uh, it, it serves its purpose. The setup and the payoff, I feel, has been done before, so I can't like bring any newness to it, I guess. Sure. But it was well executed. This is a very nice family comedy in a short, bite-sized form. Um, I didn't really necessarily find it to be too funny because um usually in a family comedy i mean at least in america there's there's like in references that will make you laugh that kids kind of won't get but it's still safe for them i didn't find a lot of that here it was more catered towards uh jokes for kids which is fine like that's that's what exactly what the film was going for well i mean so very inoffensive um I I was not bored watching this movie. I'll tell no, you. No, no. Like it's it's very it's again, it's executed very well. So like it's very engaging in that way, but the idea that, you know, some of the jokes don't land for us, I feel like we aren't quite in the age range where we would appreciate going back to child humor. Like Saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's sweet." Like you know, somebody would say that to this mm-hmm. film. Like if you are into cutesy child things, like if you know, if you are into um, the way children um, digest and um, interpret the world, that's what this film is. The child acting or chacting, as we like to call it, was really good in this. Mm-hmm. These little kids are acting their little feet off, and it. I was like amazed. Like, where do you find kids like this who can act so I, well? <laughs> it, it's like frustrating. You're like, why are say, you so good at this? I want to say that it has a lot to do with direction. Like, if you can get into the mind of a child and explain what you want and what you are looking mm-hmm. for in a way that they will grasp, you know, because you can just bark orders at them and it might go right over their head. So whoever mm-hmm. directed the children, like, they... Definitely knew what they were looking for, and they knew how to yeah. explain it. The editing in this is amazing. The The kid acting is so good. I liked the uh, beginning shot where they had just, like, they're in this small car. They get, like, all these different camera angles mm-hmm. in this tiny car, and it's so well done. The coverage in this movie, that's my, that's my big, like... <laughs> I'm all about that coverage lately. But the coverage in this movie was just wonderful, wonderful. It, it was so professionally done. That's probably the best thing I can... Like, that's what I'm trying to say without being long-winded anymore. Is, uh, wow. Just spot on. What do you think? Uh, closing thoughts on this, and then we, we got to move on to uh, my autopsy. Closing thoughts, it is, you know... I can say all day that it's not my cup of tea. But again, it was engaging. Like... Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think you're right. It has to do with the way it was shot, the way the children were acting. Like, I, it's not something I was bored with, but it's mm-hmm. not something I would seek out. So if you are interested in this style of movie, this genre of movie, yes, it's going to be totally up your alley. And you'll you'll get a good eight minute. Um, I think it was eight minutes. You'll, you'll get a good feel good moment for however long this yeah. film ran. 
Um, here's my pitch for the sequel. Shoot this entire f- short again, but then make it so that his mom is actually a Russian spy, and this little kid has to stop his own mother from committing the terrorism. Okay? That's the film That's the feature. young kids want to see. That's the feature, yeah. Turn this into Spy Kids. There you go. Boom. Turn this into, like, I don't know, I Saw the Devil, <laughs> where the kid oh my has God. To- Traverse like hell and back to get his mom. Mommy, why are you a gargoyle? A cannibal gargoyle from the future. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Uh- <laughs> gargoyle mommy. Cannibal gargoyle mommy will return after these messages. So yes, uh, thank you, Sally, for sending us your film. It was so well made. It was yes. great. I would love to see more films from you. Uh, send us some whenever you make them. We're gonna, we'll watch them. Very, very professionally done. Okay, so uh, let's get into Mahatopsy. Mahatopsy, or as the kids like to say, my autopsy. My autopsy. Auto, auto speed. Yeah, my auto. Auto-spy. My auto sigh. My auto sigh. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my autopsy. Directed by Holly Mollahan. Thank is, you, Holly, for sending this to us. Is about a woman who exits, well, enters and exits a extremely abusive relationship. We'll we'll leave it at that without spoiling mm-hmm. it. Extremely. And, and she has to live life afterwards, and she falls into a lot of the same shit. And that's basically how depressing and awful this film is. But that's just the narrative. Um, Mm -hmm. Jared, we're going to open questions now. Yes. Do you have a question for me, Dan? Yes, I do. I have a fondness for this film, and it's going to to get directly um, involved in this question. So, two-parter. The cinematography and the composition of scenes. Yes. How did you feel about those? Fantastic. I mean, it was amazing. This film looks really, really good. It's gorgeous. The shots in these in this film. The low lighting shots. So in this film. cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The lighting is great. Uh, uh, one huge uh, scene. I mean, there's many scenes that are so good. Like, there's a scene where her abusive boyfriend is giving her drugs. And there's like a mm. close-up of her, her of her tongue. That was amazing. Uh, in Special that scene, effects in this movie as well is off they're the charts. Really great. Um, it blew me away. And uh, there's another uh, shot where they use a, a split a diopter focus lens, mm-hmm. where two people are in focus and one person's really close and one person's really far away. That was amazing. I have the biggest heart on. Yes, for stuff See? like that. See, you're you, as soon as like I'm I'm proud of you, man. You're getting to know all the filming lingo. I'm doing my best. And as soon as you realize the thing, <laughs> the filming lingo, and you know how to talk about it, cinematography just becomes this yeah, yeah, yeah. brand new playground that you get to expose. It's yeah. awesome. I've actually been kind of trying to like study terms. And, you should. And, like, Everybody different should. Different things man. are. Cinematography is uh, wonderful because I feel like. Um, and we're, we're a victim of this too, where it's like, sometimes you're reviewing a film and you just go, I liked it. And that's mm-hmm. it. And like, I kind of want to talk about the technical stuff too. Yes. So I've been trying to like, we're going to still have the, I like it in there. That's fun. But also, you know, going in 
depth about certain things I think is also fun. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, what was your second part of that question? Do you remember? Oh, no, it was cinematography and composition. So that's the two parts. Oh, yes. I mean, it's... Boy. Because like, it's it's too it's twofold. Like the way the camera is moving is fantastic and the way the camera is picking up the images, but you mm-hmm. wouldn't have that image without composing the scene in such a provocative way. Yes. Um but unfortunately this leads to my next question is Dan, did this film keep your attention throughout the entire film? Yes. It did. Yes. Okay, tell us tell me why. Um, simply because of the way it looked. I get where you might feel that it lagged a bit. Mm-hmm. I can see that in the narrative, but whenever there's so much interesting stuff to look at and so much interesting stuff to um, just follow the camera with your eyes and um, really kind of sink your teeth into the other aspects of film form. So it's not all about the way the story is being told. It's about, you know, the implications of how the characters are built or mm-hmm. um, the implicate, like just, I feel like, and it, this is rough for me to say, and I, I, I don't know why I'm saying it, but the film is sitting at uh, an hour and 50 minute long. And, you mm-hmm. know, even the greatest filmmakers have trouble with, you know, longer movies like um, hot fuzz got railed really hard for being two hours long, but I love Mm -hmm. that movie. So I can feel the length of this film, but because there was so much interesting stuff to look at and analyze, I was having a ball. I mean, it's a feast for the eyes and, the like the dream sequences alone are like this is so good. I love all of this stuff. But I will say I really love the first half of this film. And then once the film started to get away from the what I feel like, in my personal opinion opinion, the real focus, which is Rachel and Vince. Rachel being the main character, Vince being the abusive mm-hmm. uh boyfriend. Once it started to get away from that and it started going into Rachel um kind of like getting into relationship after relationship that's bad for her. It, that felt like it was almost like a side story or like now we're watching like a TV series where she's like going off on these adventures. These like, not, not like happy go lucky adventures, mind you. And I, I mean, I kind of see what they were going for with that, but I felt, I, I just felt like it could have been a tighter story if it was just like, Vince is escalating what he's doing and and just psychologically and physically like torturing this woman and like being invasive in his life. And then we get to that climb. You know, it's almost like we have several climaxes in the film. It, it kind of felt like we had several big climaxes in the film um, that that felt disjointed in a way. So mm-hmm. we had like that first section where Vince is introduced and then Vince, he just kind of goes away for a while. And then we have like the next relationship and the next relationship. And it just kind of keeps going. And then he's like, Oh, I'm back. And it's almost like, Oh, we remember what the movie's about again. And then Jared, <laughs> and then we have another big climax. No, once we get into spoilers, people sure. will understand why Vince disappeared for some time. Like it makes sense as to well, why he yes. disappears. <laughs> But you could also write it differently so that it... Okay, so here's, he still here's, can be here's my take on what you just said. 
There uh, is one thing that I don't want to say it bothered me because I don't know. I'm not a woman. This film uh-huh. is about the plight of a woman in, in, yes. in relationships. And it's very lyrical. Um, there are the, the woman in question, um, Rachel is her name. She's a poet. She won't stop yep. writing these, pr- not provocative, but like these really somber and uh, upsetting lines of verse. And they all have to do with being a corpse. Extremely dark stuff. Yeah, really so, dark stuff. That alone, like a woman constantly comparing things to being corpses mm-hmm. and comparing herself to a corpse. And it's like, what if I was a yeah. corpse? Like that, that introduces a new concept to me that I haven't quite considered. And in this film, the thing that I had a problem with is the caricature of man. Because each man that she's in love with in this film. Uh, uh, doesn't necessarily abuse her, but treats her poorly. But mm-hmm. the way in which they come on to her is like, it's so gross and too strong. It's like, do all men do this? Like, I mean, yeah, most of them. That's awful. <laughs> like, most I, of them, yeah. You'll have to forgive me because I'm not like, I, I'm I'm like a one and done kind you, of guy. I've always Yeah, just you were taken off the down. dating scene yeah. for a while. So I, I don't know how <laughs> men behave typically. And I, I feel fortunate for that. And I guess that's why I'm able to like, you know, cross over and read more about the feminist movements. But, dude, this film is a feminist masterpiece i think like holy shit it, it hits yeah. you on the head a little too hard i will give you that mm-hmm. like that again that's the only thing i find wrong with it, it just everything else though just the visuals Here, alone are stunning hey so i'll i'll give you a rebuttal on that because i think that the way that the men are are shown in this film are is pretty realistic wow like, they kind of go through the gambit of different type of men like here's the guy who is really really sweet to you and then once you get into a really deep relationship with him he starts to take advantage of you or he has a secret uh wife or you know like he's just like a manipulator and abuser then here's the man child guy who like is trying to just like get laid and then he accidentally stumbles into a girl that likes him uh so now he's gonna you know act like a little kid and and like i i yeah like all these archetypes and then it's like oh here's the smooth suave mm-hmm. dude you meet at a bar and and he's just only looking for a hookup i mean on that last one the hookup guy that guy was i kind of he is the, like i think the archetype of like hey i'm gonna go to a bar and meet somebody and we're gonna have sex and the, like in a safe way and then now we're done like now it's like okay well but there's a better way to do it than like i'm gonna throw money at your face yeah and then tell you to get the hell out of my house. Like, that was a big 180 for me for that. Because, like, I like that character so much. I was like, oh, finally, she, like, met a guy who's, like, not going to be mm. terrible. And Yeah, that, but that's it's not like it was the so film. good because it was so surprising. You're like, oh, no, not this guy, too. And then he fucking <laughs> disrespects her by throwing money in her face. Yeah. I mean, he he disrespects her in other ways, but we that would be a spoiler. So This movie goes far enough. And then there's two critiques that I will make right here. Sure. The first critique is one of the scenes that we'll get to in spoilers. It was good, but it could have been better if they had more budget. And I'll just, we'll we'll talk Ah, about that scene later. Um, The other thing that I wanted to say is the time lapses in this film. 
Mm-hmm. They would be helpful to know where we are in time because time fast forwards a lot and yes. you don't quite know where you are and you kind of have to play catch up. That was the only thing that I really found wrong with the structure of the film was mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was in time certain parts of the movie. Yeah, because sometimes it's like the most horrific thing I've ever seen would happen and then we'd cut to her like having a dinner yeah. with Jill. Yeah. And, like, and her like, and Jill wait, like, was that yesterday? Like... <laughs> I mean, they do kind of start to fill you in with dialogue, yeah, but it was like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. So so you felt... So my friend got decapitated the other day. I mean, that doesn't happen in the movie, but you know, it's like just like a weird thing to talk about at the Denny's the next day. You know, like, man, what a crazy night. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to spoil this movie. Uh, if you'd like to see it, it is on Amazon Prime. Uh, uh, all right, we're going to spoil it. Here we go. So Dan... Um, is there a scene that you would like to talk about in this film? So the first thing I have to talk about is she, she constantly returns it. Not, I won't say constantly. She returns to it twice, but there's this Mm -hmm. dream sequence with, um, a, a devil goat and a woman. Yeah. Who's like a nun who's like shrouded by some kind of cloth over her face. And that's really fucked up. But then that scene goes from those images to Rachel fumbling around in the dark and it's mm-hmm. lit by this really small green light and the oh my god the image is so it's so shrouded in shadow but it's so clear whenever you get to see it like how she kind mm-hmm. of emerges into the light and then you see a hand come around her neck and she gets pulled back into the dark. Oh my God, dude. That is probably the best, one of the best scenes. I, I immediately sure. took stills of it because I'm posting it to Instagram. I'm like, oh, this, yeah, yeah. this is the shit right here. Where like the old, the creaky door opens yes. and then she comes in to focus. That whole sequence the, the is green. gorgeous. Uh, it's beautiful. It is the perfect visual representation for the themes of this film, I think. Well, yeah, it's like we get to see her anxiety. Yes, Exactly. We see it, and we are seeing her emotions without them telling us, and that is great, awesome, loved it. Uh, really, really amazing scene. That scene was out of control. If you weren't going to bring that scene up, I was going to bring that scene it's up. It's beautiful. <laughs> it scenes like that uh-huh. make runtime redeemable to me, even yes. with big budget pictures. Like, if mm. you know, Seven Samurai. Like, that mm. movie flies by, but there's so many just intricate scenes that are just morsels in your mouth, and you just want to just let them melt all over your tongue. And, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. And let that, uh, let the drugs kick in. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, uh, she takes Picture time, Dan. It's picture time. As soon oh, as God. the villain, Vince, said it was picture time or whatever, I was like, oh, no. Here's Do not question. take pictures with Vince. Did you immediately as soon as Vince is like what you can't parallel park did you think he was a bad guy yeah because like he's being real aggro all these guys are are being like real aggro to Rachel Rachel's like oh they're so nice I'm like no (laughs) these guys are weird you know you know what okay (laughs) here we go the whole movie spirals out of control in the first five minutes because her friend's like you should go find a guy Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you know what? You are right. I feel very stale right now. So what is the... She just says yes. She's a yes man yeah. to the first man that she sees. And it's fucking Vince. And Vince is a piece of shit. 
Yeah, I mean, she is bored with her life at this point. She has a college degree, but she's working at some fucking movie theater. Uh, it's a dead-end job, and she's lonely, and she wants to be loved. I mean, it's it's the plight of every human being on Earth. Uh, it's, you know, and she gets involved with this guy. He seems really great at first, and I say this film is too long. Yes, that is my criticism, and I, I think it should be shorter for sure. But the slow burn of the beginning of this movie is so good. Like her meeting this guy and how they show their connection and, and bond is not through a lot of dialogue. It's just through like these musical vignettes of them hanging out, like with the campfire, the whole campfire mm-hmm. and the shower scene going back and forth was so great. And we have that, yeah, that shot of them in the, in the background. And they're like, they're doing like one of their first kisses during the campfire. And, uh, and then we, we have that final conversation, like after these almost like music videos, we have these, uh, that, that first real conversation with them together. And he's like playing the guitar and they're drinking the alcohol and they're kind of going back and forth. And you, you feel like a little tension there, but then it also feels like, oh, they really do love each other. And it's done so well. I just, man, the, the first 30 minutes of this movie, I was so absorbed. And then by the time you get to the, like the punch line of like, you kind of know there's something going on with Vince. Vince is like a weird dude. What, like, what's the deal? Like when he takes her into the alley, mm-hmm. holy shit. Well, okay. So let's talk a little bit about Vince. Oh um, God. Vince is a musician, but he's a womanizer, and he also has a wife. Can we say musician in quotes? Because yes. every time I see him in the band, he's not performing in the band. Well, no, he's, he's like sound he, he's, guy. He's a sound guy. So anyway. <laughs> Vince, Which is so funny. He's like, I'm in a band. He's like, Vince's wife. Uh, I turn this knob back and forth. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Vince's wife finds out that Vince has Rachel on the side, and Vince's yeah, wife yeah. calls Rachel and cusses mm-hmm. her out. Yeah. She goes, I am Vince's wife, and I'm very upset. And then her friend comes over to console her, mm-hmm. and then Vince shows up. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Vince shows up first. Beats her up. Beats her up. Puts and her on drugs. Beats throws her, up. her into the wall. So she's bleeding out of the head. Her friends comes over and tries to be like, what just happened? Like is is trying to, you know, help her and is about to call yeah. 911. Guess what, guys? Vince is still in the building. Uh-huh. He and was just uh, pulling a ninja in the corner there waiting for anyone to show he up. Has so he has a knife now. I guess murder them? He has a knife now and he murders the yeah. fuck out of Rachel's friend. And then... Leaves Rachel to die. I think it would have been more interesting if he grabbed Rachel's friend and then she passed out. And then when she woke up, her friend is now missing. You know what I mean? And she's like, oh, I know he did something to her, but I can't prove it. And now you have this cat and mouse game of like, okay, I'm getting away from this abusive relationship but Vince still thinks he has control over me. That would and that is the crux of the film of like, ooh, we got to figure out this whole situation. That would indeed make it a stronger narrative in terms of, you know, like a kind of thriller aspect, like a drama thriller. But again, but the, yeah, she might not have been going for that. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't the point of this film. The point of this film is like she, she took the most extreme violence in the beginning and it's up to Rachel to 
depart from that and find a way to build her life anew. And Mm -hmm. she tries to in this new person. So it's important that you say the slow burn and it's important that we get out what Vince does. So Vince gets away. Vince runs away. We, we don't know anything about Vince because then we would have to pay attention to his wife and who gives a shit about that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's true. I don't so, want to focus on uh, his his so second family. While I will agree with you, it feels a little bit awkward that he just disappears for like you know half of the movie and comes back later. Mm-hmm. It's necessary because now we get into um, Rachel going to uh, another bar where she's going to go see another show, and that's what happened last the last time she got picked up at a fucking bar and she mm-hmm. almost got murdered to death. Um, now her friend's trying to tell her, her friend who has survived, like a childhood friend. She's like, don't do this. You shouldn't do this. She's like, well, I want you to go with me. And she's like, okay, I'll go with you. And she cancels the last minute. So she fucking goes anyway. Anyway, she meets two guys there and she ends up marrying one of them. I'm not going to go into the whole spiel of that. There's another kind of nasty scene that takes place. Well, okay. I I need to talk about this though. So she goes to an after party with these two. They they play uh, Kings, I guess, which is Circle of Death, where I grew up. Yeah, Circle of Death. And what an amazing little montage of them playing Circle of Death. Like, mm. I thought that was so well done. Oh, the camera yes. spins around. And the cards, oh, the, the close-ups of the cards. So good in this movie, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, so then, okay, they all get drunk. They're having fun. But the whole time, the two guys are, like, fighting over her like she is a prize they're kind of like, oh, he, like like the guy. So there's Buddy, who's the raper, which we'll get into for obvious reasons why he's called that. Then we have uh, uh, Carl. Carl! Who is the uh, the sad sack that she eventually ends up with. But Carl's like, Buddy, can't, like, let me have this one, bro. And he's like, no, man. First come, first serve, dude. You know, they're just like really broing at each other really hard. And um, she... The main character gets too drunk. Buddy takes her upstairs and then tries to rape her. She fights him off. She comes back downstairs. Carl is like kind of nice to her, gives her water, and then they kiss. And I just thought that was a little weird. I was like, didn't you almost get the the thing that happened? Like, why you... Why you kiss now? Why you kiss with me? Well, she's still fucking drunk, so yeah, I guess she, she is she, drunk. She felt that as a connection. I didn't really have a qualm with that, but what I do have a qualm, or I don't have a qualm with what, what I do want to say is she sure. develops this relationship with Carl. It turns out that Carl's a piece of shit too. Carl, but Carl is just more part of the slow burn till the very end. Yeah. Now the yeah. very end. So towards the end of the movie, maybe thirty minutes left, she starts getting calls from Vince because mm-hmm. she gets picked up by this other guy at a bar. So Carl and her, they're about to get married and they have a big fight because Carl's a fucking tool and he he he's a trucker who is gone for months at a time and whenever he gets home, he just wants sex and that's all he is. Yeah. So she blows up at him. They both go their separate ways to a bar. Carl goes with his bros. She just gets picked up by a stranger. But the stranger has a connection to Vince. And Vince gets her phone number, her new phone number, from this dude. who mm-hmm. The aforementioned dude who threw money in her face. Anyway, that's how Vince gets reintroduced here. Now, why this is so important is they have a final confrontation at the end of this film. And here's where I think budget could have really helped. Because that slow burn that you're talking about is so important. Mm-hmm. And it gets it she gets to a point where she 
kills him and like beats the living hell out of his face. That was cool. Yeah. But pistol what, whips him. What I have an issue with here is it could have been so much better for like it, it could have had a better payoff for that slow burn because all I got was just squishy sounds in the in the sound design. Like implying mm. that you know you're actually getting hurt and like she's doing so a lot more damage. You wanted to see that dick explode. Like you wanted to see his. I wanted the tip no, of his like, penis I literally fly like wanted to see like maybe a PG thirteen version of that one scene from Irreversible. Uh-huh. Like actually oh, no. show well no like show some good you know brain matter on the floor like because it was so violent and it was such a good catharsis for this character because she's so fucking well written that i wanted to see the visual of Mm -hmm. you know her catharsis and i just got the auditory of her catharsis so if more budget went into making that death look pretty real that would have been icing on the cake for me um i agree i think that would have been really cool i i i will say about that ending though because she starts getting phone calls from Vince and, and she's like, Hey, I'm ready for you. Like I'm, you know, come, come get me, whatever. And then like her getting ready is like, I'm going to take a bunch of drugs and freak out and not know if this is real or not. Like she never gets a weapon or does anything See, to like get ready for him, you know, like for him to show she up. Got I think that would have been cool. A, a fucking high mind where she, she even brings it up in existence. her, in her monologue where she's like, yeah. Yes, I did drugs, and yes, I used drugs to. to I, I, she, she called them her chains. She's like, yeah, I, my drugs were my shackles, but I used my shackles to overcome the 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 demon that was um, hurting me, basically. So she Damn. used drugs to overcome it. So she actually was conscious about that decision, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good bookend. Yeah, yeah. This movie has a lot of heavy stuff in it. And I think it will speak to a lot of people, especially people who are a victim of uh, abuse, uh, spousal abuse. Um, it might even be too hard to watch. I don't know. It's a really intense film. Um, it's it's uh, labeled as a drama, but it, it's it's a it's a heavy drama for sure. It's like a psychological horror movie to me, man. Yeah, this that, I was gonna say that. Like this movie, even though it's a drama, like it's filmed like a fucking horror movie. It's crazy. <laughs> this movie is out of control, um, but. A really great payoff. That was a great payoff where uh, he gets shot in the fucking dick and just gets pistol whipped until he's dead. And like, yeah, keep fucking hitting him. Fuck Vince, the actor who plays Vince, awesome. The lead, the lead actress, Rachel, yes, who plays Rachel, awesome, really good. So her name is Gareth Tidball, and Vince is Dave Stishin. Let me go. Are there any other notable actors? I really liked the third guy that she meets at the bar. I thought he was so smooth. Like, he did such a good job playing that that character. Travis, was Tyler really... Hopkins. Yeah, he does such a great job. Tyler fucking nails it. But yeah, uh, uh, really, really strong stuff from the leads. Um, no, I guess it's kind I, of I'm my... glad you brought that up because I forgot to say that. But Gareth Tidball, the lead, uh, Rachel, one of the strongest leads in an indie movie I've seen. Like... There's this am- this amazing scene where she gets into a shouting match with Carl. Oh my god, mm-hmm. Carl! Special mention the Carl. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying it like that. Carl, Carl. Uh, I think just Carl's a funny name to me. Carl. Anywho, uh, damn, this film is like a uh, an emotional roller coaster. Jared, final thoughts. Yeah, let's get into it. Holly Mollahan. She's on my radar. 
Oh yeah, I want to see more movies from her. I am for sure. like she, you should see her IMDb. She has directed quite a few things. I mean, a lot of it is shorts and she has been the she edited my autopsy as well. So Holy shit, really? Holly, you are Damn. a woman who is a superhero in the filmmaking world. I'm oh going my Yeah, gosh. okay, so director she has directed, um, yeah, most of her stuff is shorts, so I, I'm really interested to see more of her uh, mm-hmm. short work. I'll probably look that up, as well as hopefully she'll make more uh, feature films. Cause all that's... right. Thank you all for listening so much. I appreciate you. Um, if you like this show, uh, you can find a lot of other great shows on uh, uh, the Necropodicon. It's oh. necropodicon.com. What's up? You can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. And you can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. There, I I remembered. Thank you, Dan. No, I forgot. It, that's actually on me. Um, uh, yes. And, uh, hey, go check out uh, the, the Necropodicon. There's a lot of really great podcasts on there. Waffles and Mario talk about things. We got Grow Out of It. Uh, that, well, the fathers, first one's improv. Second one's a storytelling uh, podcast. Yeah, podcast. And... Uh, Boy, I wish I could talk good. Wish I could talk well. Anyways, thank you guys so much. <laughs> You're learning. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We're always showing. We're always growing. Um, uh, tell the people about the show. That really helps us. The more people you tell, the more people who could maybe listen. That'd be nice. Um, and, uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Dan, you got the final word. My autopsy. Why not... Her autopsy or your autopsy? Why do Why do I have to be witness to my own autopsy? <laughs> Carl, just shut the fuck up and get on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like my silver balls? Oh god damn it, Carl! Get those fucking truck nuts! Oh wow! If you want me to hate a character faster than anything ever. <laughs> I saw, okay, this might stay in the podcast. I don't know. I saw a vehicle with those truck nuts like a week ago. I'm like, how does anyone still have truck nuts on their vehicle? It blows me away. It wasn't even on a truck. It was on a car. I don't know. God damn it, Carl. There's Carl's everywhere. Empires, demons, apples, mice, gnomes, barbarians, saxophones, dice. Fate of Ison is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast from New Zealand. The players are comedians, and the dungeon master is very, very patient. Check out fateofison.com to discover fan art, cast profiles, and a whole new world of adventure. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.